This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, what can you say about politics in the U.S. at the moment? It's bonkers. Feels that way a lot of days. And are we immune to the fallout from all of that? I mean, 2016 is going to be a year I think historians are going to scrutinize uh, for quite some time between the Trump election and Brexit. I mean, these things happen for a reason. Uh, Big speech today at the University of Calgary School of Public Policy on the fate of democratic institutions in the Western world. And are people losing faith in not just politicians, but government itself? Speaking to all of this is uh, none other than David Frum, senior editor at The Atlantic, former speechwriter and special assistant to President George W. Bush, and is author of the forthcoming book, Trumpocracy, the Corruption of the American Republic. David from uh, just ahead of his speech joins us here on the line this afternoon. So, David, and we talk about uh, all of these monumental political shifts in 2016. So what, what do you see as the fallout here in 2017? Well, in 2017, we are seeing um, dangerous changes happening across the democratic world. Uh, many of them in the smaller democracies of Europe that get less attention, uh, places like Hungary and Poland, uh, Slovenia and Slovakia. Um, but what, we have a global crisis that is caused by the slowdown in the world economy, the aging of the baby boomers, uh, the stresses of increasing ethnic diversity. And we're seeing the rise everywhere, on the one hand, of authoritarian populists like the National Front in France and Donald Trump, and then on the other hand, um, some pretty extreme left-wing parties uh, that in their own way are presenting another challenge to democracy. I think some people look at this as as maybe the window on whatever happened in 2016 has closed. And you look at uh, Trump's own poll numbers, his job approval rating is very low. There was a poll out today, in fact, showed about half of of Britons would support another vote on Brexit. So maybe some second thoughts. But does that I mean, is that too optimistic? Is it naive to think that these all of these conditions that led to that last year have suddenly gone away? I I don't like the prediction business, Um, not just. Uh, because our knowledge is so imperfect, but because it turns us into spectators and right. rather than activists. So there's, there, are, there are hopeful signs all around us. And I end, I end uh, my forthcoming book with a description of the reasons for some from hope for the United States and for the world. Uh, but it depends on, on all of us. So reading the signs properly can make us more active, uh, but no one should have the sense that something will automatically happen that will make things better without any effort on our own part. But you don't think Canada is immune from all of this then? Canada's not immune, but Canada's gotten off lightly, Uh, partly for good luck, uh, partly uh, for some good choices. Uh, You know, Canada was hit less hard by the 2008 global financial crisis than almost any other developed country. Um, Canada has also had a pretty happy experience with immigration, unlike uh, some other countries. Immigration is not the deepest cause, but it's the trigger. So Canada has um, takes immigrants from many different places, so there isn't like one alternative language as there is in the United States. Uh, the immigrants to Canada tend to be quite highly skilled, um, so they don't uh, stress finances the way immigrants to the United States and Sweden and Germany have done. And Canada's never had much problem uh, with 
extremist ideology among its among its immigrants. So um, it's been a happier experience. But we can learn from Canada um, what the other countries are doing wrong. But Canadians shouldn't shouldn't be smug, um, and and they should learn some of the lessons from their neighbors. You know, the fact the fact that Canada did well when other people were doing poorly in the crisis of 2008 doesn't mean Canada will always do better than everybody else. Right. Uh, and certainly now, with everything going on in the United States, I think there's a concern here that uh, there's going to be just not just economic followed, but political followed as well. And, you know, whether this this kind of Trumpism, uh, the way politics has changed in the United States, whether that's going to come to infect our politics, uh, whether we're going to see the collapse of NAFTA and this kind of economic turmoil that could could lead to all kinds of chaos here. How, how worried should we be on that side of things? Well, the United States, I think, is heading to a pretty extreme crisis, and um, the latest turn in that crisis happened just just today um, with uh, the president's lawyer, um, John Dowd, telling uh, a reporter that even if Donald Trump obstructed justice, which every day it looks more and more clear that he did, the Trump people don't see that as a problem because the president, there's no limits on the president's ability to interfere with a criminal investigation. <laughs> That's a yes. pretty shocking idea. It's a pretty new idea. But... It indicates that the Trump people are on their way to confrontation, they're on their way to firing the special prosecutor, and they're on their way to telling Congress and the courts, we don't accept your authority. Is that a potential constitutional crisis? It, that's how you. That's how these things get resolved. It is a constitutional crisis because uh, it's, the, it's a, the most fundamental question in the whole English-speaking world. The most fundamental of all constitutional questions, the one for which... You know, people in England cut off the head of Charles I in 1649. That question is, does the executive exist independent of the legislature, or must the executive obey the law? Charles I said no. James II said no. One lost his head. The other lost his job. Uh, Richard Nixon tried to say no. Um, but there are bad presidents who keep trying it, and some of them think they're going to get away with it. Well, we look back to Friday and how monumental a day that will prove to be uh, on the same day that we learned that uh, former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn had flipped, essentially, is now working with the special prosecutor. And a day that, albeit in controversial fashion, uh, the Republican Senate uh, passed tax reform. So what's going to be the fallout from those events? Well, the fallout from the Flynn event is legal, um, that... uh the, the big question about Flynn's admission is this. Why, why did he lie to the FBI? The Trump story is, you know, we were having conversations with the Russians. And we were having diplomacy with the Russians. And, you know, uh, you know, there's some rules that suggest that you shouldn't do that on your way into the administration. And so maybe he was trying to cover that up. That's obviously preposterous. Um, it is, happens, as, they, as the Trump people say, it happens all the time that new administrations have diplomatic contacts. contacts. Nobody would think that was wrong. The reason Flynn lied was that the Russians had helped Donald Trump win the election. Barack Obama had then applied some sanctions to the Russians before he went out of office, and the Trump people were trying to tell the Russians, don't worry, the minute we get in, those sanctions are coming off. You just keep quiet. We want to do a deal with you to thank you for your help electing us. That is the outline of the story. We don't know all the details, but it's maybe the biggest scandal in American political history, and that was the thing that Michael Flynn lied to conceal. Well, that seems to be the common theme through all of this, that uh, George Papadopoulos lied and Mike Flynn has lied. And there was lying about the, the meeting that occurred involving Trump Jr. and Manafort and, and this uh, Russian individual, all kinds of lies about that and what that meeting was about. If, if there was nothing going on here, David, yeah, why, why is there just uh, lie after lie after lie? They especially lie 
to conceal their contacts with the Russians because they know how radioactive that is. Um, look, it's, this is not like talking to the Chinese. It's not like talking to the Japanese. It's not like talking to the Germans or the Israelis or the British or the Canadians or anybody like that. These contacts with the Russians were so, um, are so explosive because the Russians were intervening in the American election to hurt Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Uh, everybody can see the quid. That's the Russian interference to help Donald Trump. Everybody can see the quo. That's all the compliments Donald Trump has given Vladimir Putin and, and all the efforts that, that Donald Trump and his team have made to lift the sanctions off Russia. The big missing piece is the pro. We see the quid, we see the quo, is there a pro? And the pro is what they are lying and lying to conceal. And once you have a quid, once you have a quo, and then you add the pro, that's when this becomes a story of selling your country to a foreign adversary to gain power for yourself. Well, can the Republican Party survive all of this? Because either way, the, um, it, it doesn't look like it ends well. If they try to stand by Donald Trump through all of this... How much worse do things get if, if they abandon him and there's a civil war within the party? That, that doesn't bode well either. Yeah, the Republicans are – they don't have a lot of good choices here, the congressional Republicans. But, you know, uh, the thing about deals with the devil, as we learn in popular literature, is that the devil doesn't keep them. You sell your soul to get something, and the devil plays a trick on you, and he doesn't even deliver the thing for which you sold your soul. And that's what Republicans are finding. They made a devil's bargain with Donald Trump. Of course he's not going to keep it. Do you distinguish, David, by the way, when we look at the state of the Republican Party today, and of course you, you've been a, a strong voice within the Republican Party and, and for conservatism in, in many respects, but I mean, as, as politics changed, have you changed? Where, where, where are we at today? Well, politics in the United States have, have certainly changed. Um, you know, that I, I became politically active in uh, the early 1980s, um, uh, knocked on doors for, for Ronald Reagan. Um, we had a set of um, problems. At that time, inflation, the Cold War, the challenge in the Soviet Union, a very high crime. People forget that now, but a um, terrible crime wave in the United States. Um, and the Republican, the conservative message had answers to this. They, they knew how to control the inflation. They knew how to get crime under control. Uh, they had a plan for winning the Soviet Union. Um, precisely because the, the conservative message was so successful in the 1980s and 1990s, the questions changed. You solve one problem, you know, you don't run the problems in politics, but uh, your answers become out of date because not because they were wrong, but because they were right. And as politics has changed, we've been given new questions. And a lot of the old ideology of the Republican Party is not very responsive. Republicans know if your problem is inflation, as it was in the 70s, Republicans know what to do. If your problem is a deep depression, like happened in 2009, 2010, Republican answers aren't so good. Um, so the questions changed. The Republican message became more and more irrelevant to a lot of people who are Republicans themselves. And that's what opened the door for somebody like Donald Trump, who had no Republican background. It wasn't any kind of traditional conservative, but he had a new message that seemed to respond to the new times. Has Trumpism become the Republican Party? Well, we're having the almightiest fight about that, and that, that's certainly something I'm, I'm involved in. Um, that's one of the reasons the Senate race in Alabama that people are paying attention to is so important. The idea that you have a highly credibly accused child molester um, who is on his way to who won the Republican nomination for United States Senate um, and is on his way to winning the, race, uh, the special election entirely on December 12th and becoming a United States senator um, and who's got the nerve to be running on a tough-on-crime platform as yeah. a child molestation isn't a crime. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, we live in a very different kind of world. Donald Trump just endorsed him today. And 
Donald Trump endorsement today. And he's been tiptoeing up to it for a long time, but today yeah. is the formal endorsement. Well, interesting times, as they say. Uh, much more is mentioned at the newly launched website, davidfrum.com. The book is out in January. It's called Trumpocracy, the Corruption of the American Republic. Uh, and David, all the best with the speech this afternoon. Welcome to Calgary, and uh, thanks so much for making some time for us here. Really appreciate this. Always a pleasure to be here. Thank you, and to be with you, Rob. Thanks very right. much. Bye-bye. There you go. David Fromm speaking around 2 o'clock today at the University of Calgary School of Public Policy. When we come back, speaking of economic populism, how worried should we be? How angry do you get when you hear about big bank profits? Or is there anything to be angry about? Canada's banks are doing well. That's, that's a good thing, isn't it? We'll delve into that issue coming up after 1 o'clock. It is time now for Great Ideas, brought to you by Park2Go Value Valet. No need to search for an empty parking spot with door-to-door drop-and-go valet service. Reserve and save at park2go.ca. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.